I had, I had a phone call from the police who said we found some uh, some mechanical parts in the woods. Could you go and identify the remains? <laughs> felt like a child oh, had gone missing or something. <laughs> Welcome to the ArtOfMoneySaving.com podcast. My name is Joshua and today I am joined once again by Ollie Rossett. It's great to have you back, Ollie. And we are talking today about Dave Ramsey and his baby steps. Ollie touches on how he became debt-free himself, whether Dave's baby steps work in the UK, and what our plans are going forward, striving for financial freedom. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Art of Money Saving, a safe space for finance geeks to discuss personal finance. Whether you're on the cusp of being mortgage-free or rejoicing that you've sourced an outrageous 50-pence bargain, we all need a place where we can celebrate these victories. And now, over to your host, Joshua Owen Mills. What, what, what was your previous life like? You were talking about credit cards, and was it like a very kind of lavish lifestyle, or were you just in a, a little bit of debt and it was quite easy to, to make the transition? Um. I definitely wouldn't say lavish. Um, I think I just, I wasn't putting as much, well, any thought into what I was doing with my money, really. So, I mean, the most lavish thing I think I bought was a £1,500 secondhand moped. Um, But I took out a loan for that. Sure. Which ended up being a big mistake because the moped ended up getting stolen off the front drive and... (laughs) No. Yeah, yeah. I'd spent a lot of time and effort re-spraying it a nice colour and... It ended up two kids took it off the driveway and burnt it in the woods, which was a bit of a shame. No way. Oh. Yeah, I had, I had a phone call from the police who said we found some uh, some mechanical parts in the woods. Could you go and identify the remains? Oh, <laughs> like, felt like a child oh, had gone missing or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's such an odd way to put it. It was, yeah. I, I was a bit taken aback, but it, it wasn't so much a lavish lifestyle. But I think I just I wasn't putting any thought into it, so. For example, my last year of university, I took out a student loan and ended up buying a TV and a PlayStation with it. Right. You know, so right, I was right, right. I was just using money in a, a, a stupid way, to be honest. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think maybe maybe <laughs> maybe my lifestyle was a little bit more fun before I learned about money management. Because now I I do think I do still buy things that I like, but I plan for it. Sure. You know, so it's not so. And frivolous. that's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it is a big difference. And definitely. I think that's something I'm learning as well is like being being or striving for financial independence isn't about taking all the fun away. You can still have those things that you you like. It just means that you might not buy them like instantaneously. <laughs> you have to save yeah. up for them or whatever. Yeah. I think and, I think you know yeah, I've, that... I've heard Dave Ramsey put it you know this way where it's not necessarily you have to pick one thing over the other. You can do both. You just got to do everything in its own good time so you know yeah I'd, and, and i'd like to replace my moped <laughs> i can't afford to do it yet but i know that sure. you know in a couple of years time i'll be able to with a little bit of intention yeah so do you find yourself following the baby steps now or do you kind of do a uk kind of version or do you just do you just have you come up with the system yourself or um i i really like the baby steps but i don't follow them to the latter so, for mm-hmm. example, I've still got my student loan. I haven't paid that off yet, but I've started yeah, building up here. more of an emergency fund. So, I've, you know, I've skipped over baby step two, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so I don't yeah, think it, sure, I, sure. I don't think it's like gospel. 
Um, I'm sure it w- it would work if you worked it, but yeah, to me, it's more of a a nice way to think about money. Um, and then I've sort of developed my own system of just being more mindful about what I'm doing with it. I, d- I do budget. I don't I don't budget every month. I've got a standard budget because I know what's coming in and I know what's going out. Um, That's really good. Yeah, watch your budget video. You have your spreadsheet, didn't you? Right, yeah, and it stays the same every month unless I get like an increase in income and then I'll adjust the figures or if one of my bills goes up each month, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But generally it yes, stays yeah. the same. Um, but yeah, I, I just, the, the main thing I get from Dave Ramsey is listening to other people's situations. Mm. So, and, and you've talked about it before in one of your videos that the, the income in America, you see some of these people on, you know, $300,000 a year. It's crazy. Uh, and they've it? got debts of 500,000 and it's just, I can't, I can't fathom that amount of money. No. <laughs> I'd like to. No. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to relate to. It is. It is because it's just it's so so different. Like the the income disparity is is really huge. So I think that's one of the dangers when listening to Dave Ramsey is not all of it is applicable. Like you said, student loans, it just really wouldn't make sense to pay off your student loan. Of course, you can if you want to, and some people may end up paying it all off, but it doesn't really make sense in the same way. So he he goes yeah. on his student loan rants. But it's tis tis different here. It's not so much, a, you know, a form of debt in the same way. It's more like a taxation, I guess. Yeah, it, it yeah, just I doesn't think work that's the true. Same, like a debt. Yeah, yeah, and I it's the same you- with credit cards as well. Like, I I have a credit card. I use it very rarely, but you know, you got the Section seventy five protection. So if you're buying a laptop or you know a new sofa or something, you always put it on the credit card because if the company goes bust, you got you know, the section 75 protections. Right. And yeah, it's just, it is slightly different here in the UK, but yeah. that's fine. I think, I think people, people are wise enough to, to know that, but I also think it can work. You know, if I, I do agree what, what's really fantastic with, with Dave Ramsey is he's so, so clear minded about how he feels about debt. And I really like that. And for example, I was thinking about getting a property, couple of months ago and this is really playing on my mind because you know the bank was saying well you could borrow up to this amount and i was like what do i do do i buy like a more humble abode live within my means and you pay it off as quickly as possible or do i go you know borrow as much as i can get a 35 year mortgage or something and there are so many extremes of thoughts and the, the the conclusion really for me is that it's best not to borrow that amount of money and certainly not to push your limits. That's the big takeaway from, from Dave Ramsey that you're always, it'll be nice of course to live in a nice area and to have 10 bedrooms or whatever, but, but it's better to live within your, well, below your means and, and kind of comfortably. So, and Definitely. the whole pandemic thing, that's really helped me realize that as well, that even in a huge emergency like this, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can, I can handle it. It's okay. Yeah, definitely. And that's it gives you peace of mind, which I think is is important in life. Certainly, it makes me feel queasy when I think about people who have got a large amount of debt, and if something happens and goes wrong, you know you, you're stuck. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's good st- choice. Stressful, <laughs> and it really plays on people's mind. Like it, uh, yeah, it really yeah. gets them into a bad bad place in life. Yeah, and uh, you know this. 
there are lots of good organizations here that help you deal with debt management and and so that's that's really positive but also that's hard for me as well because there's a big big debt free community on instagram and on youtube and stuff like that but i didn't have like huge amounts of debt so i have student debt and when i was a student you know i go into the overdraft and things like that but i i wasn't racking up like thousands yeah so i'm always trying to think put myself in the shoes of people that were in debt and to think like them but it's it's kind of hard sometimes yeah, yeah. um but you you were talking about you've changed your mind about because you're doing the the lifetime isa but now you're thinking about doing a conversion right um well when I, yeah, when i started the money box lifetime isa it was because i was thinking about saving for retirement because i don't currently have a pension system set up um so I was thinking the 25% bonus sounds like a great deal. So I just opened an account uh, because it seemed like in, it was interesting at the time. And then I funded it and funded it and I saw the, you know, the balance increasing. I really enjoyed it. Um, but then recently my partner and I have decided, basically at the moment we rent a flat off my parents in a building that they own. Sure. Um, so she would like more space <laughs> which i can understand right um but the area that we live in is absolutely perfect so that we're now thinking that instead of trying to buy a house elsewhere we'd like to renovate the property that we're in so it looks like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. uh the lifetime isa will now be used to purchase it off my parents and then hopefully have enough money to to do the renovations so we we've had an architect Brilliant. round to to take some drawings so it's, it's it's exciting we're just waiting to see what yeah. we can do with it yeah yeah, sure, so there, there was a, there was a switch in intention from what I was going to use that money for. But what I found out the other day, um, I assumed that the lifetime ISA was a kind of one or the other deal. It was either you buy your first home or you save for retirement. But I clarified that, and you, if you take out money to buy your first home, you continue to use the account to save for retirement, which I didn't realize at first. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so that's handy because <laughs> that'll help me out. Brilliant. Yeah fantastic yeah i came across this book yesterday because i i find myself constantly going in between these sorts of you know going on zoopla and looking up houses and doing all of this kind of stuff and then thinking well would i be better served renting because i i tend to move around quite a lot and right. the idea of being stuck in one place it sounds lovely you know being in one place and having that kind of stability but i mean if i if i bought somewhere and then i got a contract in another country it just doesn't really make much sense so i came across this book i think it's called the i'll have to look it up it's about basically not buying i'm just going to look it up here um the wealthy renter it's called okay and it's it's by a canadian author haven't read it yet but i'm kind of intrigued to to hear about that i mean there's no doubt that if you buy a home and you stay there over the long term you're you're going to get a good deal I mean, you never know what the interest rates on mortgages are going to do, but I mean, it's a long-term investment, happy days. But I think I'm kind of cautious about that because I see myself buying and then moving and then doing all of that kind of stuff. And and it all kind of uh, adds up these costs. Like moving homes is really costly. And stressful as well. You know, it's one of the most stressful events in life, I think I've heard people say. (laughs) Totally, Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I'm really bad at is DIY. And I was listening to this finance podcast the other day and these guys are like, yeah, you just, you know, just learn how to do it yourself and you'll save yourself so much money. And I'm like, man, I can't learn. I suck. 
uh, yeah, I will I, never learn how to do DIY. I'm kind of a, I'm a bit of a have a go hero. I, I do like to try myself, but fortunately, I've never got in such a big mess that I've had to call an emergency builder in to do anything. Um, that's great, man. But yeah. lucky you. Well, but I've never tried any big projects. That's the, maybe that's the the crucial part. Yeah, like would you with the architect designs? Would you have a go yourself, or did you get someone else to do it? Well, so we've got the architect come in, and he's going to design a whole new roof. But once oh, okay. once that roof is done by proper <laughs> real real men builders, <laughs> then <laughs> you know I think I I would quite like to have a go at putting up some stud walls in, internally. You know that sort of thing, but we'll see. We'll if I've got enough money to pay somebody to do it, I'll I'll have it done professionally. But it all depends yeah, on yeah. on the budget, and budget's important. Sure. You know, this is what I've been discussing with my partner now is that you don't want to take take out too much of a loan for a mortgage and then end up being house poor and not having enough money to enjoy, you know, actually living in the house and going on holidays and things like that. So, you know, definitely, I'm lucky that she's open to to these discussions um so that's really good yeah. and i think i think not to sound like a <laughs> not to brag or uh anything like that but i think my interest in this has sort of rubbed off on her a little bit um so now we kind of think about this stuff together as opposed Brilliant. to just you know i've got my beliefs she's got her beliefs and we have arguments it doesn't work like that so that's great right yeah because i mean yeah. it's a, that's a big one isn't it you find you hear so many people that they they're not on the same page and then they get into arguments and mm-hmm. it's tricky so it's really good that you know you've had the conversation on the yep. same page and yeah of course you're not going to agree with everything but that's yep. that's life so long as you can have a discussion together about it then it's going to keep the the conversation going I, I i think that's really good like again it's financial transparency isn't it yeah even definitely. in a relationship yeah and i think yeah. again it's not something i considered years ago and i very i tell you i very nearly got into a a bad situation when i first started listening to dave ramsey um and i think it came about because of the disparity between american and uh, uk incomes and debt debt levels and things like that because i was yeah. i was hearing all these people on dave's show saying i'm 50,000 pounds in debt i'm you know 100,000 pounds in debt and initially, before I got a grip on everything, I sort of thought, well, can I afford to go into debt? Because these people seem to be getting out of it quite easily. So should I just have a bit of a frivolous year and rack up a little bit of debt? Do you know right. what I mean? Oh, so it's kind of like, yeah, could it, sh- yeah. should it, you know, if, if these people are able to do it, is it worth me getting myself in that position? But fortunately, mm. I, uh, I sort of <laughs> talked myself out of it. That would have been a big mistake if I'd done that. But I think it came from, like you yeah. said, here in the disparity between the American numbers and the, the UK numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely huge. Yeah. So what's like the what's the end game for you? What's the end goal? You talk about Dave Ramsey and being inspired by the plan, but was there something that you thought, yeah, I want to do this in the future? Um, I think, like I said, I don't live a very lavish lifestyle. I don't like fast cars. I don't like expensive watches or anything like that. Uh, so it's literally just financial stability for the later years and being able to actually fully retire because, you know, like my parents, they still work and my dad's in his 70s now. Um, he he, right. work, he yeah, works because yeah. he enjoys it. He, he does love what he does. But I like the idea of being able to cut off at some point and just enjoy the rest of my life. So I think it's just that. Yeah, no, I, I just want, yeah, I want financial stability. How about you? 
the Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right to, to be in a position where you're able to decide what you want to do. And I'm not one of these people that thinks, okay, when I hit this age, then I will do nothing because I, I just wouldn't find that interesting at all. Yeah. But it'll give you more time to focus on projects that are interesting to you and you're passionate about. And yeah, I, I, I don't know when exactly that's going to be. Like, this is my problem with the whole kind of fire community. Right. I don't kind of get on board with the the fire idea because I it's a bit too aggressive for me. So the the aggressive um, building of wealth means that you have to sacrifice so much in it in the short term. So you know your current life it means you can't go out for a, to have a meal or you know just enjoy anything nice basically. And I, I really don't like that idea. Right. I, I also don't mind working a bit longer because I, I I really enjoy what I do. So. I see myself working into my my 50s. I mean, I would love to. And if I'm able then, if if in my 50s I see that I've got, you know, a pot of money and I I don't have to do as much, then, yeah, that's great. Um, A lot of the plan is really dependent on on the market. So that's a big part of my strategy is is the investments. Right. And, yeah, just, I mean, that's a a long-term plan. So you just got to stay in the market and see how it goes like that's a bit scary at the moment of course because everything's so volatile mm-hmm. i don't know how your money box is doing but um uh i i switched from money box to vanguard actually um about a year ago right and oh not not that long ago sorry and the vanguard's been doing pretty well actually lately it's 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 up um it's almost recovered what it lost in yeah. the in the crash and I'm just kind of waiting. I'm like, oh, is it going to crash again? You couldn't think. <laughs> yeah, I, my money boxes seem to recover quite well. Um, so at one point, I was below the 25% returns on the lifetime ISA. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's it seems to be about 27, 28%. So I am actually making some money off the investments as well, which is nice to see. Um, That's good. But that brings up two questions. Uh, can you explain briefly what the fire idea is because i will admit i'm not very well versed in that sure so it's an acronym financial independence retire early right so the whole idea is that of course time time in the market the longer you have your money in the stock market for the long term the better yeah and the fire community is all about kind of building your wealth as quickly as possible in order to kind of achieve a particular number in your stocks and shares so that they have what's called this the 4% rule so if you build wealth in your account and you you calculate that by a certain age or by a certain amount in your account you withdraw 4% annually and by withdrawing the 4% you're then able to live on that amount for the year 
but then the stock market does its job and it replenishes itself so that the fund never goes down yeah arguably so, uh, it, so it, i mean it sounds sounds it, pretty cool it like, beats the inflation rate yeah so you know yeah. if you're if you're taking out four percent in a year and the markets are returning seven percent yeah then you're not really you're still gaining three percent a year or you know this inflation as well of course great okay i have heard but, that theory before but i'd never heard the acronym well i had heard the yeah. acronym sorry i've seen your video mentioning it before but um never actually really knew what the uh the details were um sure my other I question mean, <laughs> oh sorry consensus. go on yeah sorry go ahead no oh, go ahead well i was gonna say um is there a, a kind of like a lifespan on the career of an opera singer can you can you do that kind of thing well into old age or it depends what voice you have like so for example if you're bass and you have a very low speaking voice <laughs> you can sing until like your 80s and 90s like i was working with a guy and he was in his eight he was 85 and he had uh, he was doing his opera rosen cavalier it's called right. and he had like one line and he came on and it was like, <laughs> like barely okay. any voice left but he was there and actually he was welsh as well right and he okay. said to me josh to josh uh I'm doing this contract because uh, my wife wants a new conservatory. <laughs> and I was like, fair dues. That uh, sounds very reasonable to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a very precarious profession, particularly at the moment. So you don't really know how the arts world's going to gonna look. So right. it's a weird one. So I trained for eight years. So arguably, you know, it's as long as a doctor or a lawyer or something. But it's mm -hmm. not, not a steadier career, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i mean i i hope to sing as as long as i can but i don't know what the future holds and there's there's so many variables so i may find myself doing something else who knows okay yeah that was interesting how about you tell me tell me about the the family business uh so we look after other people's kids <laughs> it's a daycare um which is great oh awesome we all love it um and i suppose you know that that will continue indefinitely because there's always people having children they always need care for the children um brilliant but it is quite you know it's a very female led industry i would say so i'm not sure how right. it's going to age being older men in that sort of position um mm -hmm. cuz mm -hmm. the way we run it it's my my two siblings my brother and my sister so my sister's very much like the face of the company you know everybody loves her um the kids yeah. love her the parents love her and then uh you know we all take an equal share in the work but yeah that that's interesting but my other yeah my other th th something i'd like to turn into a more substantial side hustle is photography um sure so again talking speaking about retirement that is something i would like to be able to retire and then focus more on on that aspect of more of a hobby Brilliant. but if you can make some money out of it then all the better definitely and the thing yeah. about side hustles if you if you start from a place of this is a hobby this is what i enjoy doing and you kind of slowly it's like a slow burn you build your client base and it happens more passively this this works really well rather than saying sometimes it's better to do it passively than to say right i have a business and i'm gonna throw everything at it because you can kind of get discouraged when things don't go your your way so it's yeah. it's good that you're kind of more passively doing it and you see how it develops over the years and and things like that but yeah. it's interesting you said about your your family business because my mum when i was a kid i mean she's still a chine minder but back in the day 
it was all from home. So I would come home from school and there would be like, I don't know, like 50 children yeah. <laughs> swinging from the ceilings. <laughs> well, what felt like 50. They weren't actually 50, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, she absolutely loves kids. So I, I can I can definitely resonate with that because I, I have lots of experiences. Yeah. Well, that's how we started. <laughs> yeah, it was my mum in the house doing, you know, looking after maybe five or six kids and then we just expanded from yeah, there. So, yeah. I mean, I owe a lot of it to my parents' uh entrepreneurial spirit as well they they did a, a hell of a lot of work to set the business up um and right. now now we're in a position where we can expand it and grow it and we really you know really starting to learn about running a business which is great it's great that's good yeah. yeah so is there anything you can are there any transferable skills you've learned something that you've learned from the business that you can kind of uh, take away and and use in the the youtube channel for example that's a good question um, I'm not actually sure at the moment because this is very this is very much focused on just me doing everything by myself. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's a very like it's a very solitary pursuit. Besides this conversation, which is great, by the way, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it's good, isn't it? Because I, I I was definitely reluctant to to start colla- I like the idea of collaborating with people in person so I was kind of reluctant about doing it online because everyone was doing it and but it was yeah. also like a quality thing I didn't like the idea of it being like rubbish quality yeah um, but yeah having people to to talk about these things with makes it a completely different ball game isn't it and yeah. it opens up the, the level of conversation the, th- the topics that you're able to discuss and being more spontaneous it keeps it much more interesting I think so guys that's the end of the podcast and sadly the end of the discussion with Ollie but no doubt we will be meeting again and I really enjoyed talking with him so I have my fingers crossed that we can make it happen again in the future nevertheless if you are able to go to his channel make sure that you subscribe and likewise to my channel as well and for this podcast too if you're able to go into iTunes and give it a five star rating and a little review that would be much much appreciated So, look forward to hearing you and seeing you next time. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Money Saving. We love being able to share our passion for personal finance with our listeners. Drop us a line on Instagram and YouTube and let's keep this conversation going. Until next time.